Happy Halloween, everybody. I hope you've enjoyed the 2022 season of The October Children. A very special thank you to this season's contributing authors and everyone else who spread the word and got people on board. I really appreciate it. I love celebrating Halloween with you. To close out the 2022 seasons, I'm going to read a short story that I wrote that serves as a tribute to some of my favorite horror authors like Lovecraft and Shelley and a couple of my favorite classic horror films. Please enjoy. Maybe during the winter, I'm going to have a Christmas ghost story episode. I will keep you updated on all the social media. Until then, have a happy, awesome, scary, safe, wonderful Halloween. And in the words of Jack Skellington, I just can't wait till next Halloween because I got some new ideas that'll really make them scream. Good night. I've already had to saw off my foot. Three weeks. No, four. Four weeks since we found that impossible city and the thing that resides within. Only three of us made it out alive. It ate the other dozen. Three weeks since Connor's skull was crushed by a man. Or rather, a man that seemed to be made of an amalgam of men. Connor's murder was a warning to leave the area and never speak of the creature's presence. My lips were too cold to argue. Two weeks since Derringer and I miraculously made it back to our camp, where we found it abandoned by our support team. The storm must have kept moving south. Explains why all the supply crates remain scattered about. Extraction. Quick and decisive. Abandoning medical supplies and electronics? Our benefactors would probably throw a fit. Fortuitous for me. Gangrene had set into my left foot, but there remained enough penicillin and, thank God, anesthetic to make the endeavor bearable. Survivable. It's been one week since I found Derringer cooking my infected foot and gnawing on my pinky toe. He became ravenous, monstrous, that he began to physically change into something non-human. To think, I came to this uncharted nowhere to get away from stress. Burying him was not only an act of mercy, but also a sign of my salvation. I discovered the red signal flag buried in the snow. The flagpole had blown two yards away from camp. I mapped out the size and the angle that it landed the direction of the storm's wind that I hoped I remembered correctly, and the average amount of snow that could have been picked up and gathered, considering the contour of the land. It took me three days to deduce where the flag originated and where the hardshell container was buried. I turned on the emergency beacon and the radio, expecting to have to wait for at least a few days for someone to land to notice. Physically, I was starving. Even tried to reason that after the dried crackers and dehydrated meat ran out, I could always eat Derringer. I had prepared for that type of insanity. Though the food would last me another day or two, I tried my best to eat less to make it last as long as possible. Mentally, I suffered no monsters. If I was to die, I would do it with my unburdened mind. I shed my mind of all thoughts, cleared them of pain and fear, a trait taught to me by my mother, a professional climber and survivalist who believed in mind over matter and had proven that gumption time and again. But I'm not the survivor my mother was. I'm more of an escape artist. Even that is hyperbolic to the hard truth. I accepted this job as an excuse to remove myself from the chaos of a civilized world that had been growing less civilized with each passing day, and then returned to it with a fresh perspective and a clean slate. Hemingway team, do you copy? Over. Someone had to have been actively monitoring the emergency channels. 
I'm here, lead surveyor of Hemingway team, sole survivor. You are one lucky man, I'll tell you that. I have your position. A team will arrive within two hours. Over. Two hours? That's not possible. A click on the radio. Static. No land was close enough to make a two-hour trip, and surely no service would risk the money, time, and hazard of flybys and rescue searches for a team that was hit by an ice storm. I saw the silhouettes of two helicopters over the horizon. The shape of the helicopters changed, as though what I thought was two had become one large object. Moments later, the shape coalesced, and I saw a large cargo container tethered between them by steel cables. It was larger than both flyers combined, and when they detached about a mile away from my position, the container crashed into the snow with such force that it was nearly buried by the same snow it dispersed. One of the copters lowered its steel ladder, and as I climbed, I surveyed the enormous cargo from above. A crack in its metal frame unleashed a strange glow from within. Pink. No, purple. A shimmer of both colors, and colors in between, that no human has ever designated with a name. The pilot, Captain Edward Johns, told me it was an amorphous organism that eats whatever it touches. They think it came from off-world. He told me I wouldn't believe the story, but I just smiled and nodded. Apparently, this is where the world throws away the things that it doesn't know what to do with. The captain gave me the pen and paper I write with now, and though sleep and starvation are pulling me away, I don't want to risk waking up to poor memory. As I watch the blanched, endless canvas below, I can't help think of the horrors I've seen and how much can be hidden in the vastness of white. The captain speaks through the helmet he placed on my head, says there's an outpost a few miles away with food and shelter. Our contact is a man named Childs, who will take me directly to their medical facility for my leg and other wounds I don't know if I have, but dare not think about. I just want to sleep. I do hope that when I awaken, I will have forgotten about the quiet environment at the ends of the earth, where only the creatures that are not human can survive, and the rest of us can and should, only dream to venture. I had once thought the open land as serene, the quiet as peace, the cold, the opposite of hell. At least in the civilized world, monsters are standing among us, even if not always obvious. But out here, where there is nothing, anything can be hiding. Civilization is underrated. <laughs>